Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the That's ad. The ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. excited to be back sure like it's this is so fun these storylines are great oh god this is, must be thrilling for the listener like <laughs> oh my god i mean i'm assuming that the listeners well let's keep in mind that the most recent re- review we got was someone saying that they can't wait for me to just fully give in to the fact that i love the oc and i was so close joe i was like getting there season two was winning me over these episodes, Jesus Christ, we're talking about episode 11 of season two, The Second Chance. My my first note is I hate this Rebecca plot line so much. My mm-hmm. second note is I also hate the Zach and Seth doing a comic starring Summer plot line. <laughs> like, it is just bad storyline after bad storyline. There, I would say that this episode is an improvement on last week's episode really because there are at least two jokes that i laughed out loud at okay which is more than i can say about last week's episode last week's episode was just a sl- last week's episode ended and i think part of me thought that i had watched all- both episodes already and then i was like nope it's only been about 30 40 minutes this is just long and boring um so I also wrote this Caleb and Ryan storyline is super annoying, but it's probably the least frustrating story in this episode. <laughs> and then I followed it with, oh, wait, there was a heart attack. I spoke too soon. <laughs> um, this, so. Well, it's, so, it's, here's the one person that, like, here's the one person that Ryan cannot deck, right? He can't just punch him. <laughs> I mean, I'd be okay with seeing that happen. <laughs> I mean, of course you would, but, like, Ryan. 
Ryan does not have that kind of goodwill with Kirsten. Yeah. <laughs> no, Caleb is a piece of trash right now, though. Like, I've never liked Caleb. I know you're way more of like Team Caleb than I've ever been, but uh, I don't know about what. Really? Where, have I, I think I said he, that before? Have you said that Caleb's one of your favorite characters? I'm pretty sure you've said. Caleb, as a as a concept, is one of my favorite oh. characters. <laughs> Doesn't mean that, like, I... Well, I also love that act, because, like, he will go on to play basically the same person in Ugly Betty. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and also, in Ugly Betty, he just, like, dies in the middle of the series. <laughs> oh, boy, does he die in this show oh, before I get shit. to the end? Yay! You need to cut this. Yay! You need Goodbye, to cut this Caleb. Out. Nope, this is staying so long, Caleb. Na 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 na. Hey, goodbye. Joe I forgot who. I forgot who I was. <laughs> wow. Well, how many episodes are we in? Right? Like, I haven't given you. This that is big your of a first. Spoiler. I was going to say this is your first slip up, and I'm sure that someone would have accidentally spoiled for me that Caleb George died. The 90 year old man who had a heart attack in season two dies before the show's over. 16 year old daughter yeah jesus um, christ um i feel bad for that for Lindsay's mother who had to you know suffer through caleb flopping around on top of her <laughs> like a fish pulled out of the lake yeah. um so let's let's start there honestly we'll we'll end with the zach set yeah man i'm so stuff. i'm so mad at myself <laughs> <laughs> um so caleb and ryan are just at each other's throats this episode suddenly I here's the thing that gets me kind of frustrated with this storyline is that I feel like Ryan has more than proved himself multiple times in front of Caleb that he's not, he barely takes advantage of fucking anything with the mm -hmm. Coens ever. And like Caleb is still just like, just leeching off of all of our food and living for free in our house. Like, it's just like, it's He's so... eating our food. And yeah, it's living. just that so... That was the one, the most, the most unhinged thing that he could have said. It was like, <laughs> you're just eating our food and sleeping with our women. And, and He's just, he's so frustratingly unhinged. And I was just like, this is, this is like, annoyingly stupid to me yeah, that this he, is like <laughs> he sounds like a robber baron talking about the irish <laughs> yeah like you know what i mean like it's just like it's so it's so dumb and like meanwhile all ryan has done this entire time has been like hey show your 16 year old estranged daughter that you f give a fuck about her yeah. at all just like the slightest hint so then he like takes her to dinner to hang out with Caleb to prove that Caleb's a good dude. And Caleb okay. just like instantaneously is like, you're just here to leech money off me. Like, it's just, it's so, it's so fucking frustrating. And then Ryan informs Kirsten of how Lindsay was treated at that dinner. And that's when Kirsten decides to have the deadly dinner party in which Caleb has a heart attack. In which Ryan may or may not have caused the heart attack. Um, I think years of aggression caused the heart attack. Years of aggression and eating rich food and <laughs> yeah, being like, a 90 year old man. Yeah, no, I, I think Ryan just got fed up with being treated like, like Ryan should get a goddamn medal for how cool, calm and collected he's been up until this point with Caleb. Mm. Like, and honestly, has Ryan done anything worse than what Sandy has put that man through for the last like 
18, 19, 20 years. Yeah. Not really. It's mm-hmm. about on par. I think that was just life catching up with him. But that's where we end up here. Uh, Caleb has his heart attack. Lindsay feels like she almost lost the father that she barely knew. And they come to an agreement. And Ryan uh, slowly steps out into the shadows to give them space to to bond as father and daughter. Uh, certainly not a decision that will fuck up Lindsay for life. Um, <laughs> a class act, Ryan. Yeah, one of the best. Um, as far as the Rebecca, Sandy, Kirsten storyline goes, Sandy is now hiding Rebecca in his new offices. Kirsten is constantly saying that she wants to go spruce the place up, and he's explaining that he doesn't need it spruced up. He likes he likes the blandness of where he works uh, to keep Rebecca hidden. Now, here's the thing with Sandy Kirsten plot lines mm-hmm. that is always, I feel like, yes, you're right. They are doing a plot that they should have never done in the first place. They, yeah. There's no reason that they should have ever gone down this route. The one thing that they do have, and I'm sure that, I mean, I feel like they've already leaned on it a little bit. I'm sure they'll lean on it even more, is that Sandy always has the benefit of, I am a lawyer and this is client, con- like, I have to have lawyer client uh, confidentiality. confidentiality you know what i mean so it's like look i can't tell you that this person who everyone thinks is dead is alive because it's my client and like that is confidential information yeah still not great like it's not like if he told her that it would suddenly be in the the fucking newport gazette or whatever like mm-hmm. but he always has that as an excuse to lean on and i i you know she she actually yells about that at him in this episode uh, in a later episode about like, don't give me that. Like you could have told mm-hmm. me a million different ways, but at the end of the episode, Kirsten decides that she's going to surprise Sandy while, while they're all waiting for her for dinner. She's going to swing by the office and spruce it up for him to find in the morning. And uh, when she walks in a, a half naked, Rebecca comes out of her bedroom saying, Sandy, Sandy, is that you? And then they stare at each other credits. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. We've ended on credits with Rebecca twice now, which is like very frustrating because yeah. this is a character that I know won't be here in about three more episodes. I don't it think Rebecca is like, here it, to stay. <laughs> I feel like Rebecca needs to be like, <laughs> this is going to sound so shitty. Rebecca needs to be a bigger actress for us to warrant like. No one knows on who this is. No one gives a shit who she is. <laughs> like, she I needs don't... to be like, uh, like valerie bertinelli right like i would have i would have loved a valerie bertinelli i would have loved what a famka jensen like i think that would have been really like stunt casting there's a ton of great options (laughs) they went with just generic number seven yeah (laughs) i heard they're casting the oc cool you got the job you got the job you're gonna be you're gonna be a character that people will hate (laughs) yeah so so let me ask you a question I feel like we always bring this back to Gilmore Girls, but it's the best reference point I have. Sure. Mm-hmm. Is Rebecca to OC fans similar to what April is to Gilmore Girls fans, where it's like April no. herself hasn't done anything wrong, but because she represents a storyline that everyone universally hated, everyone just comes raining shit down on that character? I'm not in the... I'm not in the OC zeitgeist the way I am with the 
the OC fandom in the way that I am with the Gilmore fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also a number of things, right? So like the the April stuff, like April came at the end of season five, towards the end of season five. Season when, six. It was, was the end of season, season six. Seven. Seven is the one without the Se- Paladinos. Yeah, yeah, seven's the one without the Paladinos. So it was so right it around came. season six, towards the very end. There was yeah. always that rumor that it was like she just threw that in there to fuck over whoever took over the show yeah. after that, which I don't think is true. I genuinely don't think that. Th- I think that she had some plan for April. Because they didn't know. That's the other thing. Yeah. It was so unknown, at least to the cast. It was so unknown. Known. at that point like she only she it was like it was kind of like a back door like it's a trap door where like okay if it does if i do end up taking this over i know how i'll resolve it you know in the next season but the the thing about it is is like it it's comes with the departure of the paladinos at the end of six and into seven so people already upset that the paladinos left like that that makes sense this doesn't make sense for season two for like yeah. being nine weeks into nine episodes into 10 episodes now into season two and also like for me personally not the not a character not like not a nardini not a darth nardini as they say a gilmore guys <laughs> uh, not like i hate this plot line specifically because of how the re the way that like Sandy and Kirsten react to it and we don't end the and the way it's just like you don't need to do that to this to us right yeah like, you you don't need to do that to us especially when like you're you're focusing on the core four the four kids are so unstable like one yeah. is literally like a criminal who one who is may have just killed an old man with rage but exactly may <laughs> like... have just killed an old man with rage like literally a criminal seth is an asshole marissa's awful Summer is probably the best out of yeah. The Summer's four. the only somewhat likable one. So let me ask you this question, and then we'll dive into the uh, Zach, Seth, and Summer side of things. Mm-hmm. You've referred to this last week. You referred to this plot line as the jump the shark moment. Mm-hmm. Now, the only reason I want to push back on that, as someone who doesn't know any information whatsoever, is usually the jump the shark moment also is like the moment where the show is damaged beyond repair. Have is. Are the good times over for for the OC from this point on, or does it recover from this Rebecca storyline at least to salvage season two a little bit? I feel like we jump the shark and they stick the landing barely. Okay. Because the real jumping of the shark happens at the end of three. Okay. That's what and I was you, under and the I impression. Think you know of. what that is. Yeah, no, I have a yeah. pretty good idea. Or at least I guess Here's here's what I'm going to say with having zero knowledge beyond one major thing. So spoiler alerts if you've somehow avoided this information that I, the person who's never watched the OC, has watched. I am aware that Marissa dies at the end of season three. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume in that situation, if season three is a good season that ends with that. It's not. <laughs> I hate oh. season three. Okay, so it's not even a good season. I was going to say, I feel like the jumping the shark moment would almost be to continue beyond that point, as well, opposed to that's, using that's the thing. Yeah, like it, it's it like you could use beyond. that. You could use that as a great way to tie up everything. You know, I man, I'm about to spoil the ending of Dawson's Creek, but like, you know, fucking Katie Holmes dies at the end of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> like, 
they didn't do another season afterwards without like one of the main advertising characters of the show. It's oftentimes when that happens, Scrubs, that 70s show, other things that aren't sitcoms, like when they remove some of the main characters and then keep going, it's the end of the show. Like, yeah. it's just like that's that that next season ends up being the final season because people are like, why? Like you had. You had this moment that ties everything together. You could tie everything that the OC is up in the death of Marissa to like decide to continue to do another season after that. You're just like, but but why? (laughs) Well, yeah, because they're they were trying to shoehorn also like a love interest for Ryan in season four. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. It's well, I mean, I haven't seen that, but I'm thinking of. That 70s show when they got rid of Topher Grace and then just try to find a new love interest for Donna yeah, as if we Seth, didn't just watch <laughs> Seth Meyers' brother. With Seth Meyers, like as if we didn't just watch six seasons being heavily invested mm-hmm. in the Donna, the Donna Eric storyline. You're like, what is this? Like, why, why do this? Where, like, again, I I don't know. But my understanding would also be that season three would be their senior year. I'm mm-hmm. I'm guessing. So it's like, man, all of that seems to fall together. Like, they're graduating high school. Ryan does not have to stay at the OC anymore. The number one thing that kept him in the OC was this girl who died. Like, you could have this, like, kind of tragic ending to this show of, like, the death of a character and that Ryan does go back to Chino, but maybe as a better person from the Mm -hmm. experiences Mm -hmm. that he's lived over the last three years. To just be like, all right, well, back to the wacky fun of the OC for like another season after that. Just be like, how do you end this properly now? Like season four is like the Deathly Hollows of of Harry Potter. Okay, because it's like it takes everybody out of the school, mm-hmm. which it's like, what do you do when like all the six books prior to that were them in the school. And then the seventh one is like, all of a sudden they're not in the school anymore until like the very last battle. Yeah. And so what does that mean? And so it becomes, but I feel like it works in Harry Potter. I didn't feel like that hurt Harry Potter. I feel like it hurts a show that is built around high school drama. (laughs) True. And And it works because it works because, You've had six books, you know, years and decades, well, and building up to, to this moment. Exactly, like, like... we all know it's coming, but it like this is something that we didn't see coming. In at least, you know, I no one saw coming with uh, with the end of Marissa. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. 
the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. I want to get back to, <laughs> I really want to save my hatred for four when we get to four. Okay, fair enough, but, fair enough. But, but what, I, what I will say is that like... The reason why I say that this jumps the shark and not in the classical definition that you mentioned, but like it jumps the shark and sticks the landing barely because there's stuff coming at the end of two besides the spoiler that I just gave you the huge spoiler that I just gave you. But there's stuff coming at the end of two that like you can look back on these episodes and be like, this makes sense. This is this makes this kind of makes sense that there are unresolved things that are happening. Yeah. And that to me is really interesting, even though frustrating, but still very interesting because when you get into three, there's so much there's so much happening and it's so even more dramatic. All right. All right. I'm ready for this. I'm glad that season four is like 12 episodes or some shit. Though. Yeah. The last thing that we have to talk about is actually the only storyline that gave me any smiles or laughs, which is the Zach Seth writing a comic about Summer as a superhero. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, the highlight of this episode is Summer actually does look insanely cute when she shows up in the costume that she's designed for the character for Seth and mm -hmm. Drawler. Mm -hmm. I was like, God damn it. Like, I do... Why... I don't want her to end up with Seth, but I do want Summer to be happy. <laughs> like, I just want Summer to find happiness. She's just a very delightful character, and I can't believe that I absolutely hated her for the first 10 episodes. The the 180 that they've done with this character's person persona is phenomenal. Um, I'm going to make a prediction. She will be your favorite character by the end of the series. I mean, she kind of already is right now. Everyone else sucks. But like, it will just get better and better. Like, okay. her her art, her development, like if they made a show about the OC, if they redid the OC now and only brought back Summer, that would make sense to me. Like, okay. I mean, it could make sense. You'd have to bring back Ryan, the, right? There we go. Season, season five. It's... it's so yeah, <laughs> I've got I got the name for it. Sorry, season five of the OC, Summer's End. Summer comes back. Summer no. has been given a terminal disease and is coming back for her last last years on life to enjoy her childhood memories at the OC. <laughs> she goes to the she goes to the mall. <laughs> she goes to the mall and it's closing. Yeah, no. <laughs> so there's two jokes that got pretty big laughs out of me. First joke is that the phone is ringing and Seth tries to Jedi mind trick the phone into his hand from across the bed. And I only laugh because as any nerdy kid, there's always a moment where you just You've are like, can, can I, can I, can I make this happen? And then 
this I don't even know if it's supposed to be funny, but I laughed so hard is that there's this moment towards the end where Seth and Summer are getting dangerously close to each other. Mm-hmm. And and they come to the conclusion that being together in such close proximity is not a good idea and that for Summer's relationship with Zach, they really need to split apart a little bit, let Seth do his thing, let Zach and Summer do their thing. And then Zach bursts through the door like a jolly puppy dog and he's just like, guys, great news. Someone's interested in our comic. We got to go to San Diego next week. All three of us. Hells yeah. Like, it's like. Hells yeah. We're going to be in close quarters. Long yeah. nights. <laughs> like, it's really funny. But also, it's hilarious because it's like, this is not how comic books work. Like, Seth, you just, I'm going to need you to nail summer. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, you cannot. There is no world where two high schoolers have a couple of sketches and a rough outline of what a comic is and just get a meeting with a publisher that's no, interested No, well, in here's them. the thing. I push back on that because in the world of the OC, the privilege... like That is his, true. He's got his connections. His dad is a senator, right? Like, his dad yeah. is a congressman, some sort of government person. It's like, yeah, my dad's intern's dad is blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's totally how it works, though. Like, this is... These are not white people problems. These are white people privileges. These are yeah. white people's benefits. <laughs> you know, that's why we should just name the podcast WPP because those WPPs can change at yeah. a drop of a hat. Exactly. But yeah, I mean this this sets us up for next week's road trip episode. Another ill-fated road trip to San Diego. Yeah, it's it's not great, Joe. It's not great what's happening here in the OC. I also love that they're like we're going to San Diego because that's where Comic-Con is, right? Yep. Yep, and- I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, <laughs> There's, this is not an accident. <laughs> um, so here's the other thing that we need to talk about real quick, though, Joe. Whatever happened in the first eight episodes of this show where there was like eight songs an episode and like we were getting these great live performances by bands. Those days seem to be gone and dead, Joe, because there was two songs in this episode. Yeah. Two forgettable ass songs. Cartwheels, <laughs> Cartwheels by the Reindeer Section, which played when Summer modeled for Seth, and Reasons Why by Rachel Yamagata that played when Alex and Marissa hold hands for the first time. And for the song of the episode, I just wrote... Through process of elimination, let's just give it to reason why. Like, I have no clue. I'm like, none of these. I could not hum you a note of either song that played in this episode. No, the song of the episode is California by Phantom Planet. Yes. Ooh, you know what? That might be the song of next week as well, because it's, <laughs> we are we are definitely the days of me being super excited that Modest Mouse showed up and played three songs or the killers are there is yep. like long over. Yep. <laughs> It also, like, I keep forgetting that, like, this was totally a thing that they did in early 2000s television, especially network, like, especially these types of shows, right? Where it's like, you see the performer coming up and they're doing their soulful cover and then, like, you know, drama is happening with it, it like, literally, the, like, the, sa- the, the music is diegetically inserted into the scene. Yeah. Like, I keep thinking about Charmed with p3 and like you know orgy being there like doing some sort of cover of doing some sort of like you know uh hard rock thing then you have like 
uh, One Tree Hill doing this. They did it once on Gilmore Girls. And I'm pretty sure it's because the network told Paladino that she had to do it. But they only did it once. It was spring break in season four where they had the strokes on. And yeah, it's just, it is, it, it is delightful. But I needed a little bit more <laughs> in this episode. They were really just building up for the, like, you know, for the up. Because I think this season is the season we get the episode. I just don't know which episode it is. Well, I mean, we're closer to the end than the beginning after next week. So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's sooner rather than later, I guess. Joe, as we know, there's a strike happening. We're trying not to promote. Uh, too much movie or television, certainly not from a major studio stance, which is why I don't feel bad about talking about the movie that I am going to briefly mention. Uh, I was a little late to the party, but I finally watched Barbarian. Uh, And man, that movie, I don't know if I liked it or not, but I have not stopped thinking about it. So major points for that. Yeah. I love Justin Long. Like, I just want Justin Long to, like, be behind me and whisper in my ear, what's up, faggot? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then. Uh, I cut that out if you want. But, (laughs) but, like, it's just, it's, I was like, why, Justin Long, what are you doing? Why are you in, why are you in another horror movie? Why are you in another, like, weird ass horror movie? Yeah, it's a strange movie. Like, Tusk wasn't enough. Uh, he's in a movie that I saw at a film festival that's fantastic mm-hmm. called The Wave. I want to say that was the name of it. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it was called The Wave. And it was like literally the whole movie is that he is on a bad drug trip for the entire duration of the movie. And it like goes into like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind level abstract cinema as he's like trying to figure out what happened the night before while still feeling all the effects of being drugged. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember too much about it. I saw it five years ago at the Fantastic Film Festival in a private critics screening. Uh, like it was me and three other people at eight a.m. in the theater before it was open to the public. But I remember really liking it, like quite a bit. Um, nice. I think it's available to like rent now, all these years later. But yeah, he makes weird movie choices, and I support them. Uh, my is another book. All right. <laughs> Um, mine will be a book next week, I promise. So, so mine is um, it's a new cookbook that came out uh, from a TikToker that I adore uh, named uh, B. Dylan Hollis. Um, he's the guy on TikTok uh, who is making like weird baking recipes from like the 1900s, from the Depression era, and he. It was one of those, like, we started in the pandemic, (laughs) you know, started in the pandemic, uh, basically going through an old recipe book and just, like, looking at, like, recipes for, like, peanut butter bread. And it doesn't have any eggs or, (laughs) you know, it doesn't have any eggs or butter. It's just, like, peanut butter. It's a Depression-era recipe. And so he finally released a cookbook uh, compiling, like, his favorite recipes from uh, every decade from 1900 to the 1980s. And it's like, you know, he has one recipe in here that's like, uh, it's called like a pork, pork 
cake or whatever. It's like made from ground pork and it's like a fruit cake. And a lot of these recipes are really cool. I mainly did it because he's just like an adorable twink and he's gay and I will support. <laughs> I will do just about anything uh, for an adorable twink. Um, but <laughs> uh, it is a beautiful book. It's very well done. I like it's low key cringe that like he started on TikTok, but I also like he's also very um He's very funny and he's very enduring. And his jokes are amazing because he'll just make like, <laughs> he'll just make the most like, he'll just insert like a, um, a gay like, you know, joke in an, in there and you blink and you miss it. It's like, you're filled with cream. Who doesn't want to be filled with cream? And <laughs> it's just, it's just delightful. So I'm glad to have this book and I can't wait to start making um, some of the strangest recipes uh, from this, uh, uh, from this book. I can't wait for you to send me pictures of the strange recipes that you've <laughs> found. Well, I'm going to send book. you the recipe for the pork cake because I actually think there's. A, I feel like there's a lot. <laughs> not this is not a read. <laughs> it's not a read, Matt. But I feel like there's like things in here that like your Delco sensibility would uh, <laughs> would appreciate. All right, I'll, I'll take it. Listen, listen. I enjoy cooking. I do. I actually yeah. legitimately enjoy cooking. I mean, I'm not like a master chef in any way, shape, or form. Sure, but sure, like sure. when people spend the night at my house, I make them like a bunch of eggs in the basket breakfast meals or make them oh, pancakes or French toast or whatever. for vendetta of you. Yes, I know. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Joe, one thing that's not cooking for me is any interest in these plot lines that are happening on the OC. Uh, yes. But I think we get some light at the end of the tunnel as it seems like most of these storylines are wrapping up next week fingers crossed and hopefully for the remainder of this season for those last uh 11 episodes they can get back to what i was loving in these first couple of the first like eight episodes i i just want drama free i just want to get back to the good old days (laughs) yeah just for the good old days of season two episodes two through eight (laughs) yeah but here we go joe we'll be back next week with more of these newport kids and their goddamn white paper problems Welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, festive podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. 
Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.